He swam through a sea of inky darkness, his heart hammering with fear of the nameless horror that pursued him. Faces floated around him like grotesque jellyfish illuminated from within, the faint glow shining through their translucent skin. They were few at first, but the darkness quickly filled with more. Dozens of them, hundreds, friends, civilians, soldiers, some he had known, many he had not. All were dead. Light began to peel back the darkness in the depths below, and he dove toward it, hoping to find refuge from the faces of the dead that pressed in against him. Leaving them behind, he swam harder, trying to reach the light that grew stronger, peeling back the darkness. Flames burst out of the glow, licking his body with burning tongues, scorching his face, his hands. An entire city lay before him, a blazing inferno. The screams of tens of thousands of people reached him before the city was swallowed in a titanic fireball that sent him spinning back into the darkness. When he regained control, he began to swim again, trying to drive himself forward through the void, trying to find an end to it. Somewhere behind, the horror still pursued him. He could smell it, ammonia and burning hemp, growing stronger with every passing moment. Glancing over his shoulder, he saw it. The thing had many faces, but they did not glow as did the ones before. These were dark, blacker than black, shifting shadows over the face of the void, morphing from one terrible visage to the next. Behind the faces was something worse. A palpable evil that reached out with dark claws as he frantically kicked away, opening his mouth to scream, Jack? The scream died on his lips as his eyes blinked open. The world around him was white, blurry, in total opposition to the dark hell he'd been trying to escape. He heard soft beeps and hisses, machine sounds from either side of him. He took in a ragged gasp of air, which smelled of alcohol and antiseptic. That, more than anything else, told him he was in a hospital. He remembered the smell all too vividly from the time he had spent in the hospital in Afghanistan after he'd been shot. Jack, can you hear me? A face leaned down toward him. He didn't recognize the woman who spoke, and she had an accent that sounded very familiar. Yes, yes, I hear you, he said. His tongue felt like a chunk of dry leather in his mouth. Who are you? Where am I? The woman looked at him carefully for a moment, then shone a pen light in his eyes. Hold still, she said as Jack blinked and tried to turn away. Very good. You had us worried for a little while. Then she looked up at someone else and said, He seems to be all right, but go easy. If you need me, I'll be right outside. Thank you. Jack definitely recognized the voice, then the face that leaned down close to his. Terya? Captain Terya Halvorsen smiled. So you remember me. His smile faded. We were beginning to wonder about you, my friend. Didn't anyone ever tell you not to jump from airplanes without a parachute? That brought on a rushing kaleidoscope of memories. The beeping on the heart rate monitor quickened as he remembered the Battle of Ulan Erg, where Rudenko hurled himself into the mass of battling harvesters and soldiers, a pair of white phosphorus grenades in his hands, in order to save him. The city of Elista, burning in the night. The long journey in the old biplane across the frozen landscape of Russia, only to discover that their pilot, the young woman named Katuna, was herself a harvester, Mikhailov being gutted by the Katuna thing as he bought time for Jack to escape, with no way out other than to jump from the plane without a parachute.
The fire and heat, the shock wave as the plane exploded above him as it was hit by an air-to-air missile, and then the wearying trek across the snow in a hopeless attempt to reach the Norwegian border. The ghosts who emerged from the snow-covered trees, the Norwegian Special Forces team that had been sent to rescue him. Jack shivered and tried to squirm deeper under the thin hospital blanket as he remembered the bone-chilling cold and the fading cries of the Katuna thing as it called out for help to the unwary. You're all right, Jack. Teria took Jack's hand, giving it a gentle squeeze. You're safe for the moment, at least. Here, drink this. He held out a small plastic cup of water with a bent straw in it. Sipping on the water, which soothed his parched mouth, Jack had to appreciate Teria's honesty. You're safe here, for the moment. Nowhere was truly safe, not for very long. Not anymore.